things that the five wise and the five foolish ones had in common um, may look on the onset that they have nothing in common because five of them were wise and five of them were foolish. But I made you understand that at a certain point, even fools can look like wise people. Amen. Today we'll be dealing with the differences between the wise and the foolish virgins. The differences amongst them. Number one, before then Matthew 25, 1 to 13. The book of Matthew 25, 1. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise, and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them, but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. They that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgin, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. 13. Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. Amen. 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 If you shout an amen through the mask, we can still hear you. Amen. amen. Hallelujah. The first thing, the first difference between the two of them was that one group carried extra oil. One group carried extra oil. Somebody say extra oil. So come on, shout it. Extra oil. Now we realize from verse 3, verse 4, and verse 8 properly interpreted in context we understand that at the beginning of their journey both the wise virgins and the foolish virgins had some oil in their lamps but what set one group apart from the other was that they had extra oil for the journey one of the things that life teaches is that in many or most cases at the end of the day it comes down to those who have that extra thing that will convey them from where they are to where they want to be. Whether you are in industry, you are in academics, you are, you are whatever, you are in business, whatever area or dimension of life you find yourself. There is always that one extra thing that is required for you to move from one level to the other. There is that extra oil that moves a man from the realm of ordinary to the level of extraordinary. If everybody were to do the same thing, everybody would get the same result. If everybody were to sow the same seeds, everybody would get the same fruit. If everybody were to take the same actions, everybody would get the same consequence. What sets a few people apart from the masses is their ability to work in the realm of the extra. Somebody say the extra. 
and I pray for you that in this season, may the extra oil that is required for you to move from where you are to the next level, may you fall on you in the name of Jesus. May extra grace find you, extra favor find you. May extra oil be your portion in the name of the Lord Jesus. Somebody say, I am the one. It takes that extra oil, extra oil, something extra, something different. Some of you, all you need is extra prayer. You have prayed all right like everybody else. But if you can get into that realm where you add a little bit of push, a little bit of extra prayer, it could make the difference between where you are and where you want to be. Some of you, it is extra hard work and extra diligence. If you can push yourself a little bit when others are sleeping, it could be the difference between where you are and where you want to be. Some of you, it is extra knowledge to know how to save the small money that you have. Not being moved to buy everything that is shown to you. Not being moved to buy everything that they display to you. Many of us, that is our weakness. We don't have the ability to say no. Everything they advertise, we must buy. No, no, no. Something extra. Extra patience. What about that? <laughs> is that? Is that one too good? Extra patience. Imagine if every husband was extra patient and every wife was extra patient. Imagine. Extra patience. Some of us get to the, the door. We knock for the first time and knock for the second time. And because there is no response, we turn around angry and walk away. By the time the door is open to us, there is no there because we lack that extra patience to keep us waiting. These wise ones had something extra for the journey. See, because things may not always go the way you expect. And that is why you need to carry something extra. If all they did, like the foolish ones, was to have oil just in the lamp, what, what that would have meant was that they have estimated in their mind that watch by the time oil now lamp But life will not always go according to plan. Have you been there before? Where you have planned and strategized, and yet a wind will blow and destabilize everything. So some people wake up and say, This was not how the business was supposed to go. This was not how the marriage was supposed to go. This was not how the career was supposed to go. Life would not always be as you have planned it. And that is why you need something extra for the journey. Tap somebody say something extra. Hallelujah. Say something extra. You need something extra for this journey. May extra oil find you. Extra grace find you. Extra favor find you. Hallelujah. Something extra. Number two thing that sets the wise ones apart or differentiated between the two groups. Is that not all of them made it to the end. Not all of them made it to the end. It was clear from the invitation they had received that the purpose of their invitation was that they were to meet a bridegroom at the end of the day. That was the whole idea. That was the whole purpose of gathering. That was the whole reason they were there. And so, to miss out, bless you, for them to miss out on their goal would have been catastrophic. You know how many, many, many people like football? And when your team is playing and there is a goal there and they keep missing the goal, there's a certain anger that enters your heart. Like the way some people are going to cry today. I haven't mentioned your name. Why have you taken this thing to person? What are you talking about? When there is a target there, everybody wants to hit it. There are people you, who enter university and the target is to work out with a degree. And at the end of the day, some people are not able to meet their target. They would have wasted four years of their lives and not met their target. There is a pain and anguish that comes with missing the mark and missing the target. 
The purpose of their being there, all ten of them, was to meet the bridegroom. And yet, the difference was, it was only half of them, five, that actually met their target. The first five, who were categorized as fools, missed it. Like I always say, it is easy to start. The most important thing is, at the end of the day, would you make it? Starting is easy. Don't be too impressed by people who know how to start things. I know a lot of people who are professional starters. They know how to start things right now. They will register their business right now. They will start their thing right now. They will start their work right now. They will start their ministry right now. They will start their relationship right now. You turn around. Go, go to that junction and come back and see if they will still be there where you found them. Because they are they're always starting. At the end of the day, it is, it is the end that matters. And that is why he said that I know the thoughts I think towards you. They are thoughts of good and not of evil to bring you to a certain place called the expected end. It is always the end that matters. Hallelujah. Because at the end of the day, the foolish virgins, their journey was worse off than even those who were not invited in the first place. Think about it. Me, I was not invited. So I'm in my home. You, you are invited, and yet you didn't get to go to the place of invitation. After wasting your time, energy, and money to be there. I am, I am better than you. Hallelujah. Look, in this year, 2020, in this year, listen carefully, in this year, 2020, Corona will not be an excuse. We will still make it in the name of Jesus. You didn't hear me. For some of you, and for some of us, our testimony will be that that year that there was a pandemic, that was the year that I did well. In that year of pandemic where the whole world was struggling and everybody was complaining, that was the year that my life was turned around. That was the year I finished my house. That was the year I bought my car. That was the year I got a job. That was the year I got married. That was the year my first child came. That shall be your story. If you believe it, shout, I am the one. It is the end that matters. The end that matters. Imagine Jesus having been born so gloriously and so uniquely into this world and at the end of the day, he, he misses the mark of dying to save us. We would have even hidden his story. We wouldn't have even spoken about him because the purpose of his coming would have been missed. It is because he finished what he was assigned to do that we gloriously share his story. Hallelujah. There are many of you your generations yet unborn will still be mentioning your name because you end well. You didn't hear me. I said two generations from today, they will still remember a certain Michael and a certain George and a certain Ishmael who lived two generations ahead of them who ended so well that they set the platform for generations after them to live well. That shall be your story in the name of Jesus. It doesn't matter that people ahead of you made mistakes and people ahead of you missed the mark. Your story will be different and you will go through a different route by the help of God and you will finish well and because of that, the generations after you will call you blessed. That shall be your story in Jesus' name. Say, I hear you, sir. Number three thing that they had different. That was different. So the first one we've spoken about extra oil. Second thing, not all of them made it to the end. And the third, some lights dimmed towards the end. They all started with bright light, but towards the end, some lights began to dim. Light is, is representative of vision, of illumination. It, it, it shows clarity, having light. 
And you remember the Bible says, and the light shineth in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Because light within it, it has the ability to dispel darkness. And that is why nobody can kill you before your time. When I say these things, people look at me some way. Like you don't understand. I understand. You don't understand. Because, because if we are truly the light of this world, when I enter a place and there is darkness, my, the light must dispel the darkness. Look into somebody's eyes and say, you can't die before your time. And may your light shine so bright. Hallelujah. As they got to the end, the lights began to dim. As time progressed, the lights began to dim. Will the progression of time dim your light? It is so bright now. You have clarity of thought, clarity of vision. Your objectives are set before you. Where you are going is clear in your mind. As time passes and seasons come and go, would you still have your light so bright and still have clarity in your mind? Or your light will begin to dim? When light begins to dim, what it means is that darkness is taking over. Uh, am I talking to somebody? People whose lights are dimming find comfort in darkness and in hiding. The other day the Bible says, and, and Moses uh, had a meeting with God atop the mountain and uh, the glory of the Lord began to radiate from his face. And when he came down and the glory was, was receding, what did he do? He covered his face with a veil because he didn't want them to know and to see that the glory was leaving. Because people whose glory and light are dimming enter into a place of hiding. And the best place to hide is darkness. And so people whose lights are dimming find comfort in darkness. Am I talking to somebody now? Am I talking to somebody? And that is why there are many times in life when somebody begins to enter a certain lifestyle and begin to enter certain things and their, their light begins to dim, even coming to church becomes a problem for them because they don't want to be in the light. They find comfort and solace in darkness. And so when you go after these people, they'll tell you you don't understand because you can't appreciate that darkness is now their place of solace. Will your light keep shining? As time progresses, will your light keep shining? As they near the end, some lights started dimming, started going off. Hallelujah. Started dimming, started going off. I've met many people whose lights, so bright, so enviously bright at the beginning, getting to the end, it's dimming. Ever say with you, you can you can hardly see anything. Start covering their faces with veils. There are many people who once upon a time were walking in realms of glory. Now, the oil is leaving. It is finishing. Their the, the glory is leaving. The light is dimming. And so they are hiding and covering with veils of diplomacy and branding. You can brand the fake well enough for it to look real. If you have enough money, a fake ministry can look real. If you are poor, you can be mistaken for a witch. A poor woman, poor old woman in a village is a witch. A rich old woman in Accra is mommy. A rich man is not a witch or wizard or soft wizard or cultist. When it is a, a poor old man in a village, wizard, he's the one doing the family. I know I'm bringing some, I'm dialing some numbers right now. 
How is it that you, you in your family, it's only the poor people who are, who are witches? They have used their witchcraft to, to steal everybody's what, riches and they are sitting on the riches. Look at somebody that says, hustle, 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 hustle. <laughs> have you seen somebody in a Range Rover they are calling a witch before? It's mommy and auntie. We are living in a compound house. It's always that struggling woman over there. That you want your children. Be careful of that woman. When there's a rich neighbor around, so that's what I feel like I call. A small one call. We see if they are a Mindset. Hallelujah. Number, number four. Number four. Number four. This is the very obvious difference. Number four. Very obvious difference. Five of them were wise. Five of them were fools. Five of them were wise. Five of them were fools. When you look at the pages of scripture, Matthew 25, I get the understanding that wisdom is not written on the faces of men. Are you with me now? Because if it was written on the faces of men, or you could, you, could, you could observe wisdom on people's foreheads, the foolish ones would not have been invited in the first place. The fact that both fools and wise were invited together means that there was no discernible way of telling between the two or the two apart simply by looking at them. There could be a fool sitting by you right now as I'm speaking. Ah. But it is not written on the face. The question is, how then do you know? How can you tell? Wisdom and or foolishness is manifested in the actions and inactions of men. You need to look at the character and the behavior and the actions and the decisions of men in order to tell. Because these women were categorized as fools because they didn't pick oil. So if it didn't involve involve the picking of oil, we wouldn't have known that actually these people are fools. Some of you, the, the, the gentlemen speaking all the nice English and dressing well and proposing to you, do you know they could be fools in disguise? Because, because if you, fools also wear trousers. <laughs> Some of you young men, when you see the lady and your heart is palpitating, you can't breathe well, you can't think properly, something is doing you all on the inside, you need to understand that makeup does not erase or eradicate foolishness. Ole. And so once you have that understanding, you begin to focus more on the character and the decisions people take. That will give you insight between who is a fool and who is not. Tofu, when they take you to school, they say, go and learn. You are paying school fees. Why are you in school? You are there to learn. And you refuse to learn. What are you? I didn't say anything, no. There was a, a roommate I had in level 200. He had just come, fresher. And I just looked at the way he was behaving in school. Today he's doing taxi business. Level 100 boy. 
tomorrow it's a, it's a small boy. It's not like one of those fathers who has come to level 100. This is a young man who just finished second year and has worked into school. Today he's this. Tomorrow he's taking people's money to do. I called him. I said, young man, come here. Why are you in school? Why do you think your father brought you to school? That I came to do business. So, so that's why you're in school. He said, yes. I didn't come to learn. I came to, he told me that was awful. I just shook my head and I, I, I didn't say anything. Because if you have decided for yourself, that's why you are in school. That's fine. Do you know that not long after we had left, they arrested him and put him in prison? Because he had gone to take some people's money and promise them investment, interest, something. And the money, interest never came. They arrested him. Just right there. At the, I'm not saying don't go to school and do business. I'm saying know what your priorities are. Get your priorities straight. Know why you are there. Put things in their proper places and perspectives and take the decisions around where you are and the seasons you are in life. Hallelujah. I was telling the first service that even your ability to say no is a demonstration of wisdom. Do you know that when the foolish ones went to ask the wise ones, they said, give us some of your oil. It took wisdom for them to say no. Did they give them? It took wisdom. Because if they had given them, who, who could have said, uh, who can tell whether the, the oil will be enough for all ten of them now before the bridegroom comes? It could have all run out and at the end of the day, none of them will get to it. So it takes a certain dimension of wisdom to even know when to say no. I said, when, when we started ministry, I was so full of passion, compassion, sympathy, a young anointed man so full of passion at that point I, I didn't know that wisdom was required to say no anything anybody asks yes give me left right center even to the detriment of my own home giving this sometimes we're feeding people and we haven't eaten and we were doing it until one day wisdom entered my, my head and I got to understand that having the ability to say no is also wisdom. Can I go there? Because if you keep saying yes and yes, the enemy can even employ your inability to say no to make you a poor man. Yeah. There are seasons where even God himself says no. There are seasons where God himself, who told you, ask and you will receive. Knock, and it will be open. Seek, and you will find. There are seasons where he himself will say no. Because you are asking, does not fit into his grand plan for you. And so he wants something better for you, so he says no. And so if God knows when to say no, we as his children must also have the wisdom to say no. What do you think? I, I didn't say when somebody asked you something, say, apostle said I shouldn't give anybody. Apostle said, I didn't say that. I said, there are seasons where you say no. And able to differentiate between seasons where you say no and seasons you say yes. Do you know, in the, in the years when Joseph had a dream concerning what was going to happen, the plenteous years and the scarce years ahead of them. Do you know that in the scarce years, because they had already saved in the years of plenty, in the years of plenty, they were not selling. Do you find that they were selling anything? They were saving. They were keeping things. Because they had a vision of what was about to happen. 
And so wisdom demanded that they prepare for the, the years ahead. So by the time scarcity came and everybody else was experiencing scarcity, because wisdom had taught them that there's a season for everything, in the scarce season, they still had plenty, and now we're selling to other nations. If it were many people, say, we have many, give, just share. In the days of scarcity, you'll be struggling, and you'll say, where is God? Question is, where was the wisdom you needed to survive? Hallelujah. Somebody say wisdom. Or somebody say wisdom. So five of them were fools, five of them were wise. In fact, that was the main differentiating factor. That was the main reason why half of them made it to the end and the other half did not. You say, ah, but they took oil. Yes, the presence of mind to even pick oil is a product or a consequence of wisdom. It's the evidence that the wisdom was at work. And that's what the Bible says, wisdom is the principal thing. What does principal mean? First thing, most important thing. Most important thing. You have gone to school, you have a degree, but get wisdom. You have bought a car, but get wisdom. You have built a house, but get wisdom. You have a Bible, but get wisdom. Yeah, it's important. Lift up your right hand. You want to pray right now. That in this season and the years ahead, may the Lord bestow upon you extra oil and the wisdom required to survive Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. Lift up. Thank you for listening to the Apostle Josiah Aubin Jr. For more of these messages, please subscribe to his podcast and SoundCloud. It's Apostle Josiah Aubin Jr. To interact with him, like his page on Facebook. Follow him on Twitter at Apostle Josiah Aubin Jr.